Welcome back to the Beers and Steers podcast, episode 16. And unfortunately, this will be the last one of a very dramatic, stressful, exhilarating, joyous 2018 season. Exciting season. I I was literally doing spins in in my head after we lost to Maryland. I was like, okay, well, maybe we can squeak out seven and five. Like because of the alcohol, just no. Well, just because like it was like how how are we going to win seven games? Was basically what I'm getting going into my head. Yeah, I wish we could get like a clip of each of our episodes predicting our like season records each by each week by each week. We (laughs) we got to do that. I bet you we bounce all over the place. Oh, 100% we do. Well, I guess we could just go back and look and like see if we thought we were going to win that week or not. The true Hashtag predictions. Texas fans, baby. Ooh. Okay. Anyways. Yep. Unfortunately, this is the, the last one. This is the last ride for the 2018 season. Don't worry. We'll be back uh, next year. We've got some a few things in store, but we aren't going to announce them yet. Maybe some new t-shirts. To keep everything going throughout the off season, but if you haven't noticed, we played a football game. We played the Sugar Bowl. Wait, let's, uh, we are considering taking on a third person. Um, if you are looking to you, join us, please send in your application um, to not. Stewart. Please not do me. not. Please do not send in your application unless his number can be. I, just text me for his number if you don't have it. Please but, yeah. do not send me anything because I will not respond to you. But um, <laughs> first off, we played a football game down in New Orleans. John and I. We're not there, surprisingly. I know. The fact that we went to Maryland and didn't go to this game was kind of upsetting to me. But yeah, it, it's pretty shocking. Mostly uh, because of the outcomes, and it's such like a you know hindsight twenty twenty thing. But like, I'm still pretty bummed uh, at myself. Of course, we traveled across the nation on Labor Day weekend and got our asses kicked. But had a good time. But we could have just gone like just down the road. And seen an unbelievable game. Literally down the road for you. I, you have to make like one turn out of your house to get there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, we're not making excuses anymore. We're going. We're so, going. But, uh, anyways, to everyone who was down there in Bourbon Street and at, at the game, thank you so much for sending all those pictures. That was awesome. Like, we were literally just sitting there just like every five minutes. Like, phone was going off. Another picture, another picture, another picture. It was really cool to see. Um Shout out Matthew Rodman, by the way. He was by far sending me the most. And Scott Bird. Um, yeah, pretty huge. And, yeah, just all the loyal listeners, that was awesome to see that while we may not have been there, we were still in everyone's hearts and minds down in Bourbon Street. And hand grenades and shark attacks and hurricanes and all those good, delicious uh, beverages. But I felt like I was there with all the pictures I was getting. I know. I really did. I, I honestly wasn't that upset that I didn't go until like about three o'clock the day of and I completely switched I was like damn it I'm I'm pretty mad at myself right now yeah I ended up staying up till like 2 30 that, that night anyway it just felt too excited oh I did so, too yeah I couldn't go back to, I was, I, yeah I was, like, dead. I was worthless at work the next day so I might as well have been I was, there I was worthless at work today it's Thursday but uh all right let's go let's get into the actual game because there was so much to go so much going into the game so much going into the game that happened not in before the game, I I had I had seen the Georgia players on Twitter kind of talking crap, but I didn't really take too much notice of it. And then I went back and looked, like well, not right before the game started, they started kind of resurfacing again. And I'm like, damn, like these are their like actual like starters and the guys who play. This isn't like you know Jamarcus Durst like tweeting and the OU sucks or something. <laughs> so hey, he's like a Longhorn legend or I know, a Big Twelve I know. legend. Shout out Big Twelve. He's our like Big Twelve like guy. Um, yeah. But anyways, going into that, I was like, "Damn, that's pretty messed up." But whatever. I, you're bitter. I get it. You're the fifth. You're the fifth seed. You're the one team that wasn't good enough. You know, you lost two games. Um. So, I I was like, "All right, I'm fine with it. Whatever. They're talking crap. It's fine. I still kind of thought we were gonna lose." But and then, Beatville happened, and <laughs> once that happened, that was one of those like, "Wait, okay, this is this is." different this mentally is feels different than any other game that we had i don't know why it did but i don't know what a freaking cow charging a dog does to that but it changed everyone's mood that that blew up oh it was like yes actually we were at the dinner table and ashley's like i think bebo got loose like oh no the same thing happened at cowboy stadium where he just you know yes right that's i thought the exact same thing and then she saw like danny davis's in our twitter and i was like, oh my god, that yeah. just happened. And before you know it, Barstool 
you name yes. it. Just everyone was like, put the house on house on. That Texas. was the best part. Is like all the gambling Twitter was like, oh my god, I'm putting my life savings on Texas after that. I mean, Bebo set the tone. Bebo he really tone. did. And, it, I mean, ever since, like, literally from then on, it was completely uh, almost domination. First off, shout out Patrick Dowell. Uh, he's one of the handlers who's been a huge fan and has sent in some awesome pictures he took on the field wearing his uh, – he's one of the handlers for Bebo. And he took a picture on the field wearing his Beers and Steers shirt under his uh, Spurs gear. But uh, he had an awesome quote. The USA Today interviewed him, I think, like, in the middle of the game. They, like, came up to him. And he was like, yeah, like, he was just trying to say hi. Like, that's that, <laughs> that's why. It's, like, such a lie. So bad. Just, like, complete spin zone. Just trying to cover it up. I, I loved it. I was dying laughing. At yeah. That. That's, that's impressive. But, all right, so let's get into the actual game. I mean, the offense came out so hot. That first drive, I was – I, I, I wasn't believing it, mostly because I was like, there's no way that we can kind of sustain this for for that long. I was just typical negative Nancy on me, but yep. the, I don't know what it was. It, it, it all of a sudden felt more real once we really kind of came down and stuffed it down their throat. I mean, we literally went 75 yards. Yeah, all the it was, way down. I mean, it was very similar to that first drive in the Cowboy or in the Big 12 Championship, except for Sam didn't miss throws you yeah know, it was, uh, right yes that's 100% right we were ahead of the chains the whole time no penalties or stupid holdings or anything so it was just a we came out and punched them in the face and it was like from that point on I couldn't sit on the couch I was literally pacing the rest of the game um, really you were doing that <laughs> I just I, dude, I, I was I way know, too I, calm during this game I don't looking back on it I don't know how I was but probably because I wasn't drinking as much but still no, I, it, we, we, I mean Sam came out and we had a great plan play number eight and uh, <laughs> it, it was it was awesome. It was just I'm, I'm trying to remember the the first two plays. It was like a Trey Watson run and then a little Jordan yeah. catch for a first down. Yeah. And then from then on, it was like big chunk plays, the, big chunk plays. That and, that pass to Duvernay on third down. Or no, sorry. I think it was second. That was on first down. The pass to Keontae on third down. That's the play I'm talking about. It was third and yeah, it was like third and four or something. And swung out Keontae like Georgia had never seen a running back coming out of the backfield and sure enough like he, he breaks you know kind of a tackle and gets to the first down I was like okay here we go here we go we're running on this we're really doing this aren't we and then of course Sam runs it in per usual but then I mean as soon as after that like the 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 downs on the the punter yeah I was like oh god like the, the downs <laughs> that's what it was I mean like it, he he didn't punt it like he, it, they went okay not like that, but you know what I mean. Like, they <laughs> turned the ball over. <laughs> That's a god damn it. Uh, and we're done. And the podcast and is we're done. completely over. Mike is sued. But you know what I mean. Like, that was – we were – I was freaking out. And you were like, wait, was it, was his knee down? I was like, his knee was 100% down. And we – they yeah. of course, it was during the commercial. They didn't, like, set it up. Sean McDonough was just talking about the game while we were – Nope. And they broke back to the game, and I heard the, you know, Texas fight on. I was like, oh, my God. That was a – there's no way – it's definitely like they just told the crowd that's Texas ball right. on like the 15 yard line, and of course, you know, we had to settle for a dicker kick at that point. But that dicker kick was also like another like complete come down. It was like, well, shit. Okay, all right, maybe we aren't gonna be just running all over them. Yeah, exactly. It's like every time because we didn't we, get a first down, right? No, we didn't. Yeah, we went three and out for three and a field goal. But oh, yeah, okay, and then like the actual the the, <laughs> the the then the three and out for them. And I was sitting next to one of our friends here, and he goes, "I guarantee you, their punter shanks this." He's he's like, completely uh, rattled. Rattled. Sure enough, he freaking shanks it, and that's when it was like I felt like after that, I know we still went out, but then it was the fumble, then it was the other touchdown, and then I think from then on, it was just like the floodgates completely opened. Yeah, because we punted after they, um, I guess, shanked the punt. Yeah, and they fumbled, and, then and then we fumbled. scored a touchdown. Right, and they came down and got us, but we responded with a field goal, so it was like. Every time they had any sort of momentum, we at least like punched back. And I think the right. most important part of the first half, before we jump into individual players, was they had a possession that was rolling. Um, I don't remember what the – I think they got it with five minutes left. And they had the ball coming yes, to them in the I second exactly half. exactly what you're talking about. Just like OU did yes. in the Big 12 Championship. Yep. And that was the changing part of the Big 12 Championship was that like mm-hmm. in the first half, start of second half, that – yeah, they, they scored in 40 game. seconds. 
Yeah, and so that was a huge stop. I think that, I mean, was crucial to, I guess, killing any more momentum that Georgia had. But then Tom came out and was like, all right, I'm just going to onside kick it while ESPN's not even ready. That was, was so gonna... weird. I was, oh, I mean, they were. everyone was like, all right, we got to stay aggressive. we got to stay aggressive. And then we do that, and we're like, okay, maybe not that aggressive. Like, Yeah, thankfully whoa. it did. It played out to be nothing um, because yeah. of the interception a DJ's few plays later. Pick, yeah. But it that definitely could have come back to haunt us. But oh, if it would have yeah. worked out, everyone would have been praising Tom for mm. being such a badass. So it's one of those things that you can't necessarily like look into too much now. because That's just, I mean, if you really want to break, I know that it's a bowl game, you're up, blah, 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 you're a two-point dog, or two-touchdown dog, all that. But like, if you really break it down, like it's a freshman kicker who has done like, how many onsides do we do this year? Maybe one? I don't even, I honestly don't even remember if the onside was good or not. I mean, it was all right. It wasn't anything great, but like, it was a freshman kicker who's had maybe one onside this year, and we obviously haven't recovered any this year. It was just kind of like, whoa, 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 like, calm down. Well, my, my only spin on it is that Dicker has, like, weirdly gotten pretty bad at kicking in the second half. Yeah, he has. He gets, like, tired. Like, he always kicks it out of bounds. He needs, like, like a juice box or something. Guy, so it's like, fuck it, might as well just give him a, like, I mean, our defense has played unreal. Might as well just, like, try. Right. But, no, I, but you were 100% right with that last, or the second to last possession um, or their last possession in the their first last, half. Their last, yeah. That was probably the biggest momentum stopper of the game, you know, either way, because they were kind of driving. Yeah, and it I was think like a 10 like plus a third, play. Third down in field goal range. I don't remember who got the sack. I think it was Foster. I think it was either Foster or Wheeler. I can't remember exactly who got it. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, that, like you said, that was the biggest momentum stopper of the game. And then. Yeah. The second half was just like, ugh, I was staring at the freaking clock the entire time. Everyone was. Everybody was. Ugh, God, I hate doing that. But, I mean, you had to. How did, I mean, you were like, okay, is this, like, we going to keep on doing that? And then, the, like, crappy touchdown at the end, 14 seconds left. It was like, got a little scared. We start playing real reckless. Like, Devontae gets out. Uh, what's his name? Gets thrown out the next play. Oh, what's his name? Come on, Anthony Cook. Whatever. Anthony Cook starts... Which, by the way, I don't bad. think his was necessarily targeting. I think Devontae's no. was. I don't think Cook's was. But I, I agree. But since it was the exact same position, literally the exact same, like, everything, they were like, yeah. yeah. And then Gary goes out and just punches someone. It's like, oh, Jesus, here we go. And the and the the fact that, like, it took, like, 30 minutes to play, what, like, maybe five minutes worth of football? I know. I was about to tell That was awful. About that. I don't even know if the refs even got, like, the yard line right. It was so confusing. No, that would – yeah, they kept on going back and forth. It was like, God, this Pac-12 was just – even though the, I, thought, I actually thought they called a pretty good game altogether. Oh, it was very clean. Yeah, I mean, they only flag on Georgia in the first half was, like, a personal foul. And I yeah. I think we had one or two. Um, they didn't call any, like, bullshit holdings or anything like that. It was refreshing to watch. Take note, Big 12, please. Um, they let I, the boys play. Let the boys watch. All right, let's get into individual players. Uh, performances we're not going to do good and bad mostly because there really wasn't that much bad um on either side of the ball but offense we'll go ahead and just get it out of the way i mean sam knew that this game was his to win and he completely showed up the breeze thing at the beginning what did you think yeah Yeah? so i you know of course texted our group text and was like oh what is like you know we're up in his high school like kind of douchey and then I was like oh wait that's a breeze jersey that's pretty sweet yeah I, I didn't hate it but like I didn't I didn't love it I, I it was just it goes against everything that Sam I feel like kind of has been up to this point like you don't ever see him saying anything quotes like the only the most quotable thing he said all season was then they're like do you want to say something about Kyler Murray he goes yeah I want to say something he's a good quarterback like that's the most quotable thing he said all freaking season yeah, but he's from West, like he's got a like slight bit of douchiness in him. Yeah, that's a good point. At, but like, I still was not, I was not a huge fan of it. But whatever. If you back it up, if you play like that, and knowing it going into it, you got to play like that to win. Then I'm fine with it because he completely showed, he completely showed it all up. I mean, he left everything out on that field. I think in the like third, it was like late third quarter, definitely in the fourth. I was like, he is tired. Like he is legitimately dead. Right the, now. The, the, the four downs that we ran him in a row where he was about to yeah. gassed. And then we went for it on two, and thank God they didn't run him there. I was so pissed when we ran that. The third time, the fourth time, I was obviously okay with it. The third time, I was like, we've got to, like, what? And we're yeah, running we're was... running trap behind Patrick Vahe's fat ass. 
It takes him, and he's just run, you know, he's dead tired too. It takes yeah, him three he, seconds to get to the line. I was like, oh my god, no, come on, like Herman. I I love them, but like, what? I'm a proponent of like at least throwing it once in one of those situations. Yeah, but, I mean, how do you not give Colin at least one shot? But I I think the the he didn't force any throws, but he didn't have anything like unbelievable, you know, throws. That throw to Colin Johnson is probably his best. But I mean, sorry, it was probably his second best or most important. But I think his best throw was that two point conversion. Yeah, um, I mean, that, uh, Colin Johnson was matched up versus their smaller corner. Um, yeah, because what's his name is out, DeAndre Baker. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. There was a, you know, he really didn't have many deep balls. The one to no, to, he didn't. Uh, Duvernay in the third quarter didn't work out. Um, had Johnson right there on the sideline. Um, but everything else was like at least 15 yards or shorter, and then everyone would like. I mean, Little Jordan would just make a play after that. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I, I think Little Jordan had only had a 19 yard catch. But um, yeah, I mean, Sam came out. We set the tone early, and uh, I mean, just <laughs> he made himself a serious contender for the Heisman next year. I think because I, definitely yes. If there's anything he, that that he like completely did was that. Playing on that stage, um, only game, or excuse me, the last game before the national championship. The you know you're playing at Texas next year. I mean, it, everyone knows who he is now. He's made himself known. I mean, I think he was pretty well known, but th- this was that that big step for him, and I'm happy for him. Um, hope he kind of doesn't get too douchey or go go to Cabo and mess up <laughs> during the offseason. I don't think but, he'd do that. Okay, well, but last thing of Sam, well, I'll ask you again. The we're back. What do you think? Um, okay, so we disagree on this. I assume. I, um, all year, have been a huge opponent to it, especially against you, because you kept saying, like, oh, if we win this game and that game. No, I said, well, okay. No, you, you kept making all these scenarios that said we'd be back then. We'd be back, or we'd be back if we do this. We are back. Texas winning a New Year's Eve. Anyone winning a New Year's Eve, excuse me, New Year's Six bowl game is a, a, Top tier program, um, but I concerning is that it's you know this is only one year you know we gotta we gotta keep it going, um, and you've also just put your own like you know target on your back as every meme or fucking gif will be you every time we lose next year, but the media has like what torched if, what us. If we the media has torched us with that ever since whatever his face is. Yeah. Uh, against Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, so you might as well, at this point, just endorse it and just fucking like, see, play it and do it. I think we're past that. I think we are completely past like the endorsing. Like, It's just played out. It's You don't want to be the freaking Nick Wright or Skip Bayless or whoever uh, of screaming A. Smith, like saying crap like this. Like, we're better than that. Like you said, if you win this game, like you were a top-tier program. Like, that, that is known. It doesn't need to be shove down anyone's throat like if you don't see that then you're you're an idiot I, I, I don't know I just felt like it would have been if he wouldn't have said it it would have been a little bit more cemented in a little more like well, yeah we, we meant to be here like we were we meant to we wanted to win this game and we did win you this know, game because you know who team. really hated it who Tom yo 100% yeah, I guarantee you and on SBP later that night he was like really I mean yeah he was happy but I mean, as any coach would, he's like, it's talking about how this is a stepping stone, you know. It's it kept saying traje- trajectory of our program. It's like I don't know if that's the. I right. mean, any time a big bowl game wins, like the only thing that's on your mind is recruiting, like because you have that big of a national spotlight, all that. Like you're thinking about the one kid that you're still trying to get. Yeah. All right. Okay. So what else? Um, I'll let me take a like a skill position from you before you jump into your. You know, soapbox of offensive line, mm, um, except for this guy kind of, you know, only had a good game because of the offensive line. Shout out to uh, our senior, our fifth-year senior transfer, Trey Watson. Um, Dude. He made so many Georgia defenders miss. Yes. And he looked so much faster in this game than he did all year. I don't know why. He looked but, so much faster, and he broke, I think, more tackles this game than he did the entire season. The broken tackles were what were, were awesome, and then bouncing it outside, he had so many like 
game y'all I mean, it was like I can think of four already, but I mean plays that should have been for a loss that he ended up running for a first down. So yeah. oh, easily. uh game changer. Um his ability to run the ball is what lost us or excuse me. His inability to run the ball in the Big 12 championship is what lost us that game because we gave Kyler two more possessions. Mm-hmm. We owned time of possession because of him and Sam. But his, I mean, just setting it early, I think he ran like three or four plays in that first possession and, and set the tone. And what did he end up with? 80, 80 yards, which is really not no, that flashy. No, 90. He had over fun, 90. Which isn't really that flashy, but like for him, that's awesome. No, he was at 91, and he averaged over five. That's freaking awesome. Against one of the best rushing defenses in the nation. Yeah, and he came running over the little thing at the end of the game. It was like, Georgia running backs, what? Like, just like, was taunting the heck out of them. That's so awesome. I mean, yeah, for a guy who's like really hasn't played that much in his career, decides to transfer, you know, give another school another shot, and then plays his last game. Hopefully it's not his last game, you know, in football forever, but – Possibly, he's not playing NFL. He's probably not. We never XFL something or other. But he, yeah, CFL, CFL, yes, yeah, CFL. Um, but yeah, it, to go out like that was just—it was so much fun to watch. And like you said, he like, he did look a lot faster than normal. I don't know why, but maybe it was the all whites with the dome, you know, the lighting and all that stuff. Maybe that's why. But it was uh, more of icy lights, by the way. There was what? something different about those jerseys. I, yeah, you said that. I don't know what you're talking about. They were not icy whites. How? I, I will. I will 100% there's something with a color tone different about it. I think it was the dome and the dome lighting. Maybe. But that was or not the, the patch. The pat, it could have been the patch on the left shoulder. Who knows? All right, your turn. I think you're wrong. But I think a huge part of the reason that Trey played so well was the offensive line had an unbelievable day. Uh, you could tell the offensive line was just a huge part of the game plan. Um, going up against the Georgia defense in – uh, they they started stuffing the run, you know, inside, really to start the game. Mm-hmm. Um, their linebackers are playing really well, sucked their linebackers in. And credit to Trey and Keontae. They both kind of started seeing that and started seeing it outside and bouncing outside. Then we started calling outside runs. And with Beck pulling and, you know, going to the second level and Cosme and Calvin sealing their ends, like there were – like. Cosme had four or five like outside run blocks where the guy is just stuck, like absolutely stuck. He has completely got him. He's not going anywhere. And that once you get that defensive end sealed on an outside zone or whatever you're running, I mean, that's an easy five. So, And then the, the pass blocking I thought was really good too. Uh, going into it, we knew that Georgia's D-line wasn't the, best, wasn't the best at pass rushing, and they completely took advantage of it. There was a few bad uh, missed blitzes on Vahe. Uh, Erod still played really well, though, um, and Shaq. God, I don't think too many people noticed it. Of course, my weirdo ass did. But when we were down on the goal line, God, I can't remember what. I think it might have been like, I want to say it was like in the third quarter, some, <clears throat> excuse me, sometime in the third quarter, and we started like pretty deep. We were down on our goal line. Shaq had one snap that came out hot, like 90 miles an hour hot through his ass, and it – I mean, Sam caught it, like, above his head. And it was one of those, like, it was going through the goalpost. And I almost I almost died. I had a heart attack right there. But sure enough. Yeah, he used to chew that guy up his freshman year for his Yeah, because he couldn't fucking snap the ball. And then he finally he switched to that other style of it. And he's been – I mean, he hasn't had a bad snap all year. I mean, No, like, he hasn't. I was actually just about to say that. He, he heard you. No, yeah, exactly. Maybe he listens. If he listens, shout out to Shaq. You're a really good dude. And – I like yeah, that. he was doing a funny snow angel in the. Uh, I saw that. Also, never say die. So like, he's a, he's a complete stud. But like, that 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 scared me. But other than that, I mean, the offensive line was lights out. Yeah, All I think that. Calvin was the only one who had a holding. Like, yeah. Yes, and um, it was it was like a it was I mean it was holding, but it wasn't like anything egregious. Yeah, um, Andrew Beck was the only false start that I can remember. I saw he bitched out Sam after that too. Yeah, that, that was weird. He, I mean, he, he like legit. I mean, no one else moved though. Why was he? Why was he bitching on Sam? I don't know because he like knows knows that he's like got to go across the line to get somebody. I don't know. Who knows why? Probably the cadence uh, that Sam had. Ahe, Ahe had himself a game. I saw him on multiple pools. Um, kidding. I mean, taking a, a little extra step or pepping a step finally. Um, so happy to see him. I mean, your boy Erod. Yeah, he's very dependable. That's one guy I did not think I was 
I would think I would miss after this season, but I am. Yeah, what a like striking gold he was this year. I mean, geez, very big part of like the success. I mean, shout out Herb Hand. Like, I, I don't know if we've ever had one assistant coach like provide this much of a change from a year to year basis. You know, from what yeah. we had last year, watching that, good God Almighty. I mean, <laughs> that's why Sam had to run so much last Great year. God. Good God, but. uh Going okay. Moving off the line, I'm done. I'm sorry. I'll keep it in my pants. But moving off, let's go receivers. I mean, they really didn't have. We didn't. Part of the game plan was not to just air the ball out, which I thought was going to be. But little Jordan still had his unbelievable, you know, third down catches, uh, and clutch, clutch catches. Very, very clutch third down catches. It's just kind of like three, like third down five yards. He kind of just gets there and gets hit really hard and then falls. Right. (laughs) And uh, they were lining him up inside. When I mean, when they put him inside, Colin on the outside on the same side of the field, that's just not fair. Uh, and he also had some great bro- broken tackles, extended plays. Um, CJ had a rough first half. Um, he really kind of had a rough game, other than the one, other than the two point conversion and the one big catch. That yeah, one big were, catch was sick. Double, he was getting double covered the whole game. Oh yeah, no, they had two guys over him the entire time. I don't blame him. I mean, you have to. Uh, I saw today, I mean, okay, shout out CJ, by the way. He's announced today he's coming back, which is awesome. All we need is a little Jordan Humphrey, which I feel good about, and will be very good. But uh, that I, uh, Todd McShay had him as the eighth receiver, eighth-ranked receiver coming out, like if he came out right now, which I thought you was know, pretty impressive. We were reading like early, early in the season, or like after OU, that he was more likely to come back than little Jordan was just because he – like cared more about playing with his brother and the university, right? Um, than the paycheck in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm obviously pumped, but not as surprised about him. I, I think he's got some more to prove. Um, a little worried about little Jordan, but hey, at least we got one back. Yeah, and then I, the one guy that it, we'll get to is more of a thank you later. But draw heard at least he got the one catch in his last game. That dude deserves a more a touchdown more than anyone else. I was hoping we were going to have like a play designed for him in the red zone or, you know, like 10, 15 yard line or something just to try to get him in the end zone. But shout out to that guy. I mean, he's just such a, such a winner and always has been and never said a word about all the crap that he's, I mean, talk about, I don't, has one guy on this team dealt with more crap than him over the, I know, right. Or he's never, you know, even thought about transferring. I mean, never, not even a word. And I don't, I've never even heard him speak like much yeah. less like think about transferring, you know, rumors of him transferring. I mean, Pure total leader. So, big thank you to Gerard Hurd. But, I mean, offense in general, yeah, you can say they really kind of slowed down the second half. I think you got to give Kirby Smart some credit for limiting our run play kind of in the second. But the first half was that was probably the most dominant half of football, offensive football we've had, considering the opponent that we were playing. I mean, don't you say? Yeah, uh, I think OU – First half in the Cotton Bowl was one also pretty impressive. That's yeah, but that we were, was when we were playing against fucking Mike Stoops or whichever dumbass Stoops. True, true. Like, there's a big difference between Kirby Smart and Mike Stoops. In SEC football, I mean, it's defense, man. But, like, I I just thought it, it was fun to watch. I don't even, date, I don't even, I'm not even get a table that conversation anymore. I'm what? done with that crap. SEC? SEC is the best conference, dude. It just means more. All right, speaking of defense, let's get into it. I mean, where do you want to start? I thought it was all pretty damn good across all three phases. There was, yeah. I mean. Let's start, with, let's start with the D-backs. Let's start with the backside. Okay. Probably Those Foster. guys. Yeah, Foster. Well, let's start with the true freshman who looked like freaking Michael Huff out there. I yeah, mean. Foster, enough said. I mean, just. What the hell was that? I mean, just. Uh, we saw shine like, you know plays of it against OU. Um, we saw him do it a few times here and there, but he's never had a consistent, like, all-around badass right. game like that. And then also laying the wood um, on, uh, From. on their quarterback, I guess, was it late in the game? Yes. I mean, golly, it was a, not, not a targeting, so he's a smart He's a smart player, yeah. physical, and I full, full-on think he will be, hopefully, no, B. Jones and Stearns will be back next year. Uh, uh I don't know. We got too many, too many safeties. We got, that's the thing. Like DBU is not going anywhere. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, where do you put him? I mean, you can put him at nickel. Yeah, I, he'll be playing nickel. Probably let him roam a little bit. You can put him at nickel and let Josh Thompson keep on playing that kind of like dimes position. I think that's a pretty good. 
spot. But like that nickel position, and we're gonna get real technical here. But the nickel position when we're playing on like the three-two and the dime, like there's just so much stress on that guy, especially going up against like the offenses that we see in the Big Twelve. I mean, that's why you shouldn't be beating up freaking PJ Locke as much as you do. But. Debatable, but the. I mean, is, if Foster plays like that every game, do I think it would be fine? Uh, yeah, you think? But I, I just like you said, he never put that together like a complete game like he did this. I mean, that was so much fun to watch him. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, B. Jones also had some awesome, uh, <clears throat> really clutch open field tackles in the yeah, first half. I remember when they were dude. trying to get some, uh, I guess, drives finally going. They couldn't because B. Jones kept taking out some uh, – open field tackles, which was clutch. Um, Chris Boyd and Devontae had, I mean, like, you know, nothing special, but great games to end their careers. I mean. I thought Devontae uh, played a pretty damn good game in coverage. Fromm, man, Fromm was just, like, not made. I don't know he was if he off. was, like, that, rattled, but, like. No, he was 100% he was not, There was a bunch of plays where he had some guys open. Um, like, number nine, I can't remember his last name, but he had, he had a lot of targets that were just not on target. But uh, <laughs> I well, that was what I was. I think the the DBs did more like disrupting the quarterback with their physical presence rather than their like coverage. You know? Yeah, true. Yeah, they. I mean, going back to Foster, I'm pretty sure it was a like play that the guy would have caught for like 30 yards, number nine, that Foster like tipped out of his hand the last second. And who did he beat, Chris Boyd? But <laughs> uh, it, it. I don't know. I mean, it was a awesome game from the safeties. I mean, the seniors on the corners did awesome. I mean, I mean, great. They weren't like, I don't know. I don't think they were really pressured or had that much, I guess, against them because Fromm was off. But PJ um, wasn't – so like you were saying a second ago, PJ was so used to having to like have the OUR, you know, spread off and right. run yes. all over the place. Yes. Finally, he was able to settle down and actually yeah. had himself a pretty good game. He, like, didn't and, really have to think as much, just react and play physical football. Yeah, and, ended up having I mean, three tackles and a nice uh, gimme yeah. interception. It was a gimme interception, but he played it perfectly. Yeah. So, no, so, I agree. That was that was awesome. The, the, the complex, like, RPO spread Big 12, like, looks like – makes this type of offense look like JV. So all you had to do is bring the physicality. I mean, there's no doubt about it that we brought the physicality behind B.J. Foster of all people. And we knew going – what well, we, we kind of knew that it wasn't made public, but that Stearns was going to not play, but even though he's technically quote-unquote healthy. And he suited up too, which is the weird part. But Oh, he was going to be going in if Foster didn't come, come out in the second half. Right. Okay, yeah, I forgot Foster got dinged up. Also, he came back – like he limped off the field – and then came back 100% fine. That was pretty awesome. I don't know what they got poked him with, but uh, it definitely worked. But let's go to the other. I thought this unit was the most dominant of all, all across the D-line. I don't want, They didn't win the game, but they provided so much support. And Charles Aminahu probably had his best game of his career. He was in the backfield the entire time, had a couple great tackle for losses. Good pass rush as always. Um, I, I've said it a couple times, but I don't think he'll get drafted. I hope he does, but I don't think he will. But I no. I bet he makes an NFL team. I, I think I he's hope. he's the Puna Ford of this year. No. Oh, well, aggressive. Uh, no, he is. I think he's very undervalued. I think he's an undrafted free agent for sure. Um, he's got the size to play in the NFL. He needs to work on the speed. We've said that. But he's got the size um, – and I think he will play in the NFL. I don't think he'll have the shocking, I guess, come out of nowhere, Puna uh, rookie season. But, um, yeah, I think he'll definitely have some get some playing time in the NFL. He's definitely got caught some eyes with his performance in the latter half of this year. Complete side note, but did you know that Alex Okafor is leading the Saints in sacks this year? <laughs> I actually did see that. He, I got a little, I guess the game against Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. He had like a, I saw a stat like that was along the same lines of that. And I was like, oh, wow, what up, Oak for? Like, I mean, like he was good at Texas, but he wasn't like that good, you know? Also, a rack bow retiring. Oh, yeah. Longhorn Shut legend. up. Poor one. But, um, I mean, let's talk about an idea. I mean, what's his face? What's his face? Hager was pretty quiet, but. Hager plays. I mean, yeah, it was just kind of like a, it was, Hager, he wasn't like. He took up space. 
Uh, he was <laughs> he wasn't out there like taunting and everything like he typically was. It's like he, yeah, because he got his ass handed to him in the Big Twelve Championship game, and then he didn't really do anything this game. Yeah, but I mean, sorry, but that's what happened. Like, I mean, I know he's banged up, and I know he's giving him everything he's got. There's no doubt about that. But he he didn't do anything. Did he have a tackle? I don't think so. Oh my god, he did not have a tackle. No, yeah, I mean, he didn't really deserve one. Um, but Taquan Graham. Uh, Got to show his size. That was pretty sweet. Um, Chris Nelson. Chris Nelson played so well. Ugh, I'm going to miss him. Stuff in the middle. Um, Rubbing the belly. The, Roach. I mean, Roach being able to play his natural three technique, which is outside shade of the guard, um, is so much more conducive to his style of play. And he completely showed it up. What, he had like four tackles or something like that? Yeah. I mean, four solo tackles all I mean, do you know, like, that's impossible. That's so hard to do as an interior D tackle to have four solo tackles. That's incredible. Um, yeah, we really made the Georgia offensive line look like crap. The, and the Georgia line is, like, they're really talented. I think they're, like, pretty much all four or five stars, like, across the board. But they just don't have the experience going up against our D line, which is kind of the opposite. A bunch of, you know, not as highly rated but lots of experience type of guys it was very interesting and but i mean they still had one of the best rushing offenses and both those running backs are incredible to see that but yet the d-line going to the four down linemen i mean i'll throw joseph asai in there because he pretty much played as like the other d end and had an unbelievable game as a freshman i think he led us in tackles yeah he did by by three more than anyone else so that guy his speed was incredible he didn't have the physical presence, but it was okay. He was getting around everybody and getting slippery. So, it, I mean, if that's a guy who, like, you know, puts on 20 pounds in the offseason, like, Yancey will just make him into an absolute beast this summer. Yeah, look out for that guy. He showed he's got some energy and some speed that all of our other upperclassmen don't have. So, looking forward to seeing him for I mean, sure. Him and Taekwon on the outsides, both. That's pretty freaking scary. And we might actually have, a, like, a legitimate pass rush purely from the DN standpoint next year. Yeah. Um, let's talk uh, linebackers. Gary, that was an awesome getaway for him to go out. Yep, um, it was. He, I, I just think about one play where he was, I guess, I guess going in for a rush, was able to shake off, shake off the offensive lineman and tackle Holyfield for, I guess, like a one- or two-yard gain that was like going to be a 20-yard rush. He played unbelievable yep. and like played with a huge chip on his shoulder. Yep. He, he, I was very impressed with him. You could, and I think Orlando. We've we've talked about this a few times. Orlando kind of realized he just can't be in coverage. He just that's just not the type of player he is. He's too big and he's too physical. And when you bring him, like he's the first guy blitzing up the middle rather than Gary. I mean, he is blowing up that running back if it's a running back, and he's blowing up that guard. He does such a good job of just kind of disrupting everything that's going on in the pocket, and. Orlando used that perfectly, and he came through with some freaking tenacity. That one sack that he had was sick. That was awesome. Right up the middle, pretty much untouched. Uh, it, it was very fun to watch. Probably his best game as a Longhorn. I mean, I don't really know. Yeah, if not, I mean, one of the best for sure. I can't really think of any other game where he played that well. But on the other side, I mean, Gary played well. He did some solid, you know, pursuit tackling like he always does on the outside, but – that's just not the kind of run game that Georgia runs. Um, they're going to shove it, try and shove it down your throat up the middle, and that's not very conducive to Gary just because he can't use his speed. He's got to use his side, which is obviously where he struggles. But he still played a pretty damn good game considering uh, this was not the t- style of uh, offense he was used to seeing. Um, the McCulloch, I, I didn't see anything that great. He needs to take yeah. a big step this offseason. He needs to step up and be a leader next year for sure. I mean, considering we're losing both, you know, the two starters, that he's really got to take a big step forward, really kind of commit to the weight room if he wants to be a huge contributor to this defense, I think. Yeah, if not, Adiole, whatever his name is, going to be stepping up and playing next year. Well, so. And shout-out Caleb Johnson, our new signee uh, from, I can't remember. California? Juco. Yeah, Juco from California. But uh, that's that's pretty much it from an individual player standpoint on offense and defense. I, I mean, I was so proud of everything that 
the way that we came into it mentally and the way we responded to all the crap that was thrown at us was so much fun to watch. I, I really don't think I talked to one person who thought we were going to win. I don't I think, really don't think I do. I don't think yeah. I did either. Like, it was, there was so much negativity, including, I mean, myself. It was like, hey, we go in, we play competitive, that's a win. That's a victory for us. We came out, we, we punched them in the face, made no stupid mistakes that we typically make. I mean, look at special teams. The only thing was Dicker's kick that was a little, yeah, um, a little long, but he should have made that. But I think that was Buczewski's last, best game as a punter too. Yeah, that was also that was my last point was that, I mean, he was able to uh, manage our just field uh, positioning in our favor, um, but you know, I don't know, just all around great uh, program win, um, program culture win. Okay, also, just like definitely good wasn't Buczewski's best game. Just side note. But he still played well. He's gonna have better games to come. He's an Australian punter. For, we we do well. Have Australian those. punters forever. But uh, like such a big win for the university in general. Oh like, yeah, I it's mean, been a long time. Was ten years since we played in a bowl game like that. So I mean, yeah, uh, good for excitement. Good for uh, even longer Finvis. since we won one. Good for Finvis, you know, hiring a great AD who has set the uh, tone for. He was going nuts on the sideline too. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it all trickles down, man. And Finvis is a great leader. He, I think Del Conte's got all the programs going in the right direction. So this was just a huge way to keep pushing the ball. I mean, it's just getting the, keeping the momentum going. And I'm really, really excited. A shout-out to Tim Taylor calling yes. when uh, when the Horns beat uh, – who did we beat in the Super Regionals this year? Uh, Tennessee Tech or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. When we got When we got to Omaha – he made a comparison to that 2004 yeah. season. Yes. That jump started like all the programs. I don't know what the basketball program is going to do, but regardless, the it just it's, it feels like there's a lot of momentum around the university right now. There's no negativity that we've dealt with, whether it's the AD position or the coach that someone's questioning. So, just awesome win, fun, great to beat Georgia and. Shut the SEC up for a little oh, bit. Oh, that might uh, that might have even been the best part. But I think like the big thing to take away from this is that if you if you give Tom you know three weeks or more to scheme a team, Tom in Orlando, I'll I'll throw Todd in, in there as well because he deserves as much credit as anybody. Todd, I mean, we are going to come out with an unbelievable game plan, and when you combine the mentality that this team had. And it was kind of given to them by the Georgia what? players. What did you say? Mentality? Mentality. Oh, okay. There you go. Like, that's huge going forward. If you, like, want to be a legitimate competitor in the playoffs, you've got to be able to out-scheme, out-coach, and then mentally prepare for whoever you're playing against. And we did that against a great, probably, you know, superior opponent. So, I mean, look at, look at the... The way we came out in this season, losing to Maryland and barely beating Tulsa. Yeah. There was oh so God, much yeah. doubt in this program at that point. That, I mean, that Tulsa they, win might have been worse than the Maryland loss. <laughs> I mean, like just such a program-changing second half, I guess. No, not second half, but I mean, bowl game. Yeah, I mean, pretty much all the way through. Uh, so, from everything that happened, so fun season for sure. I mean, fun season. We, I went back and looked. So John was right on the nose, was saying that we were going to have nine wins and get us to the Big Twelve Championship. Of course, he, he would not say that if we would win or not the Big Twelve Championship. I went back and looked. I uh, I was I was at eight wins. I did not think we were going to make the Big Twelve Championship. Just a little fun side notes. We both have Bama, Bama winning it all, but that's not that that's crazy. Lame. And neither of us mentioned Kyler Murray for Eisman because fuck that guy. He's a bitch. Yeah, um, I think I said Bryce Love. Yeah, you said Bryce Love, and I said uh, Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin. I said I had Wisconsin <laughs> in the Final Four. Oh, man. I'm two for two. I went, and also last year, I also said LSU was going to be in the Final Four, and they fucking lost to Troy. Hey, I just know Texas football. That's it. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, I mean, just overall, this entire season was incredible. We want to big, give a big thank you to everyone. If you're still listening to this point, I really do appreciate it. Dude, about to go on a soapbox, so um, just turn it up. Get ready. I really do appreciate every, all the support that we've had um, from all y'all and that y'all been giving us. Thank you, the CMO, for all the Insta posts and uh, the content ideas. Those have been huge. 
Uh, everyone, thank you for the drunk voicemails, especially after we beat TCU. That was those are the funniest things to listen to on Monday or Sunday when you're like driving back from the game. Uh, thank you for buying a T-shirt, even though I've delivered about 25 percent of those. I promise I will at some point if you. Just... Hey, everyone in Houston has theirs, so pick up your. Yeah, you know, I know Dallas is struggling. You need to work on that. Also, th- shout out, thank you to Wild Acre uh, for the free beer. We're gonna do more with them next year. I promise. I don't know what that means, but we'll put it all together. Uh, lastly, this is a little bit soapboxy, like John said, so just bear with me. But I think it's important to understand that people get really caught up with kind of the grandiose surrounding of college football itself, and it's kind of easy, easy to lose sight of uh, the fact that these are college kids who got a full-time job, and they're also trying to be a student on top of that. Uh, everyone listening to this is around the same age. I mean, we were all dumbasses when we were in college. I'm still a dumbass, so just... Keep that in mind going forward whenever you watch this unbelievable game. And you've got freaking Tulsa and, you know, almost beating Texas and you're yelling at the Texas players, all that stuff. It's easy to get like, wrapped up with You were the one yelling at I know. I wrap it, I yell at PJ Locke a lot, but it's all tough love. I mean, just try to keep that in mind. Um, but also just thank you to the players. Thank you, Charles Omenahu, Chris Nelson for never leaving, Gerard Hurd for being one of the best quarterbacks in Texas high school football history, literally history. And then moving receiver, um, not saying a word, Trey Watson, Calvin Anderson, Gary Johnson for coming to Texas midway through your career. Shane Bouchelle, you, I absolutely love you. I would adopt you as my son if I could. But uh, PJ Locke, thank you for being my whipping boy throughout your entire career. Dicker the Kicker, I think. Oh, Dicker. We we all know why. Thank you to Dicker the Kicker. I mean, absolute historical legend. And then thank you. Indifferent about Dicker still. Indifferent. Thank you to Sam. Not letting Maryland get in your head and ruin your confidence. And thank you to Andrew Beck for being like one of the most underappreciated players, I think, uh, in Texas football history. And thank you to what he Tom, did. Her- yeah. Tom Herman for the greatest text message of all time. Oh, my God. Okay, cool. Freaking hook him. What was your, what was your favorite memory of the year, John? Um, honestly. You didn't respond with yours on the Instagram. I, I didn't either. Sorry, I must have missed that one. Um, go first. I gotta think for a second. I'm gonna steal one from the brain, the great Brian Stinky Bell. I honestly think I there was not a better probably it was about ten minutes, five to ten minutes of my life with that Colin Johnson touchdown. Don't stop believing. Against TCU, oh. and and then the pick six right after that with Stearns. Caden Stearns. That well, was it wasn't a pick six. It was like close but yeah. whatever that yeah the pick one yard line that was probably the most crazy i've went like this entire season like at the stadium you know blah 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 there's this annoying stc fan right in front of me i was just yelling in his ear just giving it to him and it, <laughs> that was like one of the most fun excited times i think i had this season i want to say it's such a lame thing but like beating ou i mean it just I'm, was that's not lame at all the way that we won that i mean yeah, I mean, beating OU, like, it, it just it wasn't, you know, the best way to close the game out, but we won, and, and Dicker uh, uh, just decided to be, like, a badass and forever spent his name in Texas football history. So, yeah, OU game and, and beating them, and, and uh, man, I'm just trying to think of any game after the OU game. I guess between the two OU games, it was such a good memory. Because, like, Baylor was weak. Oklahoma State was obviously weak. West Virginia was weak. West Tech was, was just rough. eh. Survival. Was, eh. Uh, Kansas was eh. I'm forgetting. Oh, no, Kansas State was fully. I don't know. Yeah, it just felt like between the two OU games, it was just kind of eh. No, yeah, I agree with you. We found a way to win those games finally and not choke. And that's credit to Tom Herman, again for changing the culture and I mean just look at the stats man it's it's pretty unbelievable what we were I think it was uh, Tom Herman's won the same amount of games that Charlie Strong did at UT and how many games whatever two years and, and so it's just impressive man it's just really really cool it's, a, it's great it's a good time I think next, train, year, next year's going to be even better pretty, uh, pretty getting heavy pretty again. full it's getting pretty full again alright guys yeah. well thank you as always we really Until do appreciate year. it. Until August. God, I can't do it. I need a break. No, you don't. I need a break. 
All right. Well, thanks, guys. We'll see you all next season. Hug them. Hug them. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. So take the photographs and still frames in your mind. Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time. Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial. For what it's worth, it was worth all the while. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. Something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. It's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life.